What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. What's going on, everybody? It is episode 132 of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. I am, of course, Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. And I am flying along with my brother from the north, Doug Wilkie. Doug, how the hell are you and how is Arrows Up doing? I'm good, brother. Well, Arrows Up could be better <laughs> with the way the Arrows are going so far, but no, it's all good. They're back home and uh, spring is here, so it's it's wonderful. And has the weather been quality up there uh, in Toronto? Yeah, actually, a couple, couple weeks ago, there was snow on the ground, a week ago even, and uh, we had... 20 22 degrees celsius today which is uh it was really nice out in the shorts and the t-shirt today so uh hopefully that continues for a little while nice that's awesome to hear uh and you know for everybody that's watching at home i gotta tell you that there has been a lot of groups traveling around uh to variety of games i know the 100 club went to chicago and then a, a few of them uh, Matt Cartwright and his wife Jenny came down then to NOLA the following week. They've been traveling quite a bit, and there's some really good uh, fan bases traveling around. So uh, we'll touch upon that in a little bit. But um, you know, it's it's I myself went down to NOLA, but I, I, I'm really itching, Doug, to get up to Toronto. We were talking about it before production. Uh, the the 17th, uh, June 17th, NOLA Gold plays Toronto Arrows. And um, I think my uh, my mate and myself might come up there and, and check out that game at York Lions pitch. Yeah, come on up. We'd love to have you up in Toronto. And, you know, having COVID finished and all those border woes being gone, it, there's no better time to do it than now. And uh, come on up and, and, you know, you can maybe kick us while we're down. <laughs> That's not how I roll, man. I'm, I'm a humble dude. But my passport is ready to go, and, and uh, I'm sure I can – uh, make that trip happen. So I'm going to work on it. So uh, at any rate, folks, uh, we're at episode 132. We're going to be rocking and rolling. And after a short word from our sponsors, we're going to hit you 
with Around the Pitch. Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, and it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark barrel-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. We're back, and um, Ty and Scott have some family things to attend to. So in their stead, Doug has joined me, and uh, we're going to get hot, as the big guy would say, and talk about some things in North American rugby. Uh, and, and I'm going to go ahead and, and let uh, my guest, Doug Wilkie, kick it off and talk about some things that are happening up there in Canada north of the border. So what you got in your opening around the pitch segment, Doug? Well, just one thing that's been kicked around a bit. It's in the Arrows Up uh, fan group, and I've seen it a bit on the uh, on the uh, Rugby Rant uh, Facebook page. The um, there's a Vancouver group who's really trying to uh, drum up interest out in out west, out in Vancouver, to start up a second Canadian team. Uh, it's led by uh, Pat O'Gorman, who's a, a previous player and coach. His son actually uh, Regan plays for the New England Free Jacks right now. Um, so they're uh, a group based in Vancouver looking at uh, Burnaby, BC as a possible uh, landing place for that team, uh, training at the Christine Sinclair Community Center, and then possibly playing games at the Swangard Stadium. So what is the big thing holding them back? Like everything else, money, 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 money. So he, Pat O'Gorman actually in one of the articles that I read made a comment about they're looking for a Ryan Reynolds type of uh, money, like Aren't we all, you know, <laughs> I joke, I'd love to have a team in Barry. I got some great people up here, but you know, I'm looking for Ryan Reynolds to come and swoop in and, <laughs> and uh, put some money in for us. But uh, you know, it sounds like they've got a pretty good group going there. Some great rugby people, some, some business people in the community just maybe haven't found that one or two people to step up because let's be honest, it's quite a bit of cash, right? Um, so Still waiting on that, but uh, hopefully they, they they can drum up some some fan interest, uh, some maybe potential sponsorship interest with the talk that uh, they're trying to get going, and uh, we can maybe see Vancouver in the next year or two, maybe to round out the the MLR after Miami comes in next year. Well, it's it's two things that are interesting about that is number one, isn't Ryan Canadian? I mean, isn't there a natural, natural connection? They mean call and go, a Adair. Uh, he throws some he some, There's some been lots of talk with him and the uh, Ottawa Senators. Uh, there, there's a he's part of a group that's looking to maybe buy the Ottawa Senators NHL team. 
Really? And then obviously, uh, what's the soccer team? Uh, he owns the, um, what's the show on? I'm going to look like an idiot because I can't think of the show. Um, but yeah. Oh, Wrexham. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Um, so obviously he's, he's in, you know, he's feeling the sports team. So maybe, Hey Ryan, come on, try, yeah. give rugby a try. You may like it. Yeah. And it's a hell of a lot cheaper than all the rest of those. Uh, well, yeah. except for maybe Wrexham, you got that pretty cheap, but um, yeah. the, the other interesting thing about that piece is, um, you know, uh, the, the, oh, you said it, Miami, like they kind of set the bar, right? You got to imagine Miami's getting a year running. They probably are paying what, you know, we've all been thinking franchises are, are you know, the, the kind of going rate of a franchise at something like, you know, rumor $10 million. You got to think that that now sets the bar, which can be a bit of a challenge when you're trying to bring in a group like uh, that in Vancouver, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And Miami's doing it right. Like having this all this time, all the stuff that they're doing on social media to, to bring things together. It's uh, looks good out there. So yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully the money comes funneling in and, and we can see a second Canadian team sometime soon. Absolutely. Let's hope that happens. I think that would be a good arrangement to have a, you know, one in the East, one in the West. Nice balance. I am a bit torn though. Like, will that mean that the player pool for the arrows dwindles, right? Because, you know, with the arrows wanting to to have a lot of the Canadians, um, in their squad and and really only employing Canadians so far, they haven't employed any Americans or anything, you know, does that dwindle our talent pool that we can, uh, we can pull from, but maybe they, that would, that would maybe help them get more Americans into the squad or, or something like that. Right. You know? right. Yeah. Some interesting stuff. We'll wait to see what happens out there uh, in Vancouver. It sure would be nice to see another team come out of Canada hundred percent. All right, I'm going to start with my uh, my around the pitch segment, and um, I know some people have probably seen this. I don't think it's flying under the radar at all, but I, I I like to highlight what's happened at the college game because I think it does it is a, is a source of um, player pool as we talked about. Um, Rudy Schultz and the MA Sorensen Award nominees came out recently. There was about let's see, uh, seventeen. Um, nominees on the on the women's side for M.A. Sorensen, 15 on the Rudy Schultz uh, side of things. Uh, what's interesting this year, I don't think they they might have done it last year, was they allowed for voting by fans, which had to be completed by the 9th. So um, as of the recording, we're past that. So hopefully sometime this week, maybe now between the recording and the release this week, um, we'll get the finalist, uh, the five finalists. But it was cool to see that, you know, fans could help select. Uh, what I found really interesting, though, is uh, some of the nominees um, and those that are past winners. So I don't want to take too much time, but I think it's important to note, you know, uh, Michigan's um, Ember Larson, Harvard's uh, Tiana uh, Padilla on the women's side. Um, keep in mind, you know, think about some of the past winners since 2016, Hope Rogers, U.S. Eagle, uh, Iona Marr, U.S. Eagle, Mackenzie Hawkins, U.S. Eagle, uh, Emily Heinrich. U.S. Eagle. So on the women's side of things, if you're a, a Sorensen Award winner, um, pretty good pedigree uh, that that you're following. Um, on the men's side, uh, you got um, and what I liked about the men's is is I know a bit more about these guys. But for those that are checking this out, we have a and I'll talk about it in my second segment. But we have a, a big slate of D1A national championship games, and many of these guys are going to be on display this weekend coming up. Um, you know, as of this recording. 
So, you know, it's worth checking them out. I think TRN's going to have a couple games. But life's Oren uh, Beiser, Navy's uh, Lewis Gray, uh, Linda Woods, Nick uh, Hardrick, um, Army's Tian uh, Moscone, uh, Davenport's Alex Null. Uh, he won't be playing. They got beat, but, um, you know, he he looked good last weekend. Um, and here again, past winners, Dylan Audsley, Bryce Campbell, Harley Wheeler, Emmanuel Albert. So uh, three of the three of the four guys there are are U.S. Eagles. So uh, and, and at least have some Eagles pedigree either in sevens or, or 15. So pretty good stuff coming out of college rugby. All right, Dougie, what's your second bit? Yeah, so this keeping it Canadian, you know, I may as well uh, represent uh, my country. But looking at the Arrows, the Arrows hosted their very first game home game this past weekend. Uh, unfortunate close loss to the iron workers, but it was great to see the stadium was uh, fairly packed, not the, probably the most attended game so far, but pretty good for uh, this time of year. They announced over 2000 people. So somewhere between two and 3000 people, um, the, the stadium maxes maxes out at 4,000 as the capacity for York Lions stadium. Um, so it was great. Great seeing everybody back. Um, Great seeing the arrows back. You know, I think I I believe that uh, a lot of these injury ro- woes that the arrows are having, I personally attribute it to the fact that they're on the road so much to be to begin the year. You know, the downtime, the they're, they're, all the travel that's involved in those first six weeks of the season. Um, there's just not as much downtime, not as not as much time to relax and and kick back and maybe uh, heal as much as you need to. So. Um, you know, we're seeing the arrows are pretty quite decimated. So hopefully some home cooking, being at home, the home home crowd uh, cheered them on well, and uh, hopefully it can turn things around for their season going forward. Yeah, well, you know, not for nothing. Uh, remember that, you know, air, you know, going up in altitude, being in an airplane, I mean, can increase inflammation. So when you're trying to recover, you know, especially if you're going on the road that frequently, it can definitely do something to your, you know, can challenge that recovery process you know, when you've got nicks and niggles. So, um, you know, not an excuse, but hey, look, it, it, when you're playing at a high level, you know, every little every little advantage, every little edge makes a difference, you know? Yeah, for sure. And like when you're spending that time on the plane, then you're trying to fit in training sessions in between, get get those training sessions in before before a match. You know, it just, I'm, I'm sure there a, there's a bunch of them. They're probably kicked back the last couple of days, yesterday, today, probably had nothing to do, can just relax, kind of settle in at their, their new digs at home and, uh, you know, get ready for a couple good practices this week to lead into next weekend. So just, just not having to be on the road so much. And, and like you said, being up in the air, they did play at Utah, you know, being up at altitude and everything, you know, I'm sure that all that plays into it. Maybe I'm giving them excuses. Maybe, maybe their training staff just stinks. I I don't think that's the case. (laughs) But but the last few years we have seen quite a bit of injuries with the arrows, so um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't so, know where they did. Well, who who they got coming up this weekend? I haven't looked at their schedule. The New England Free Jacks, I believe. Yes. So the I'd like to see them take the uh, the the Free Jacks down a notch. So I'm rooting for the arrows this week. Yeah. Thanks. Hopefully. Hopefully we can. Uh, I've been keeping an eye on some posts on Twitter by the Free Jacks and their fans, and not very nice down there. So uh, we, we need to we need to sock it to them this weekend. Hopefully, it'd be nice to give them a goal fashion hockey face wash this weekend, my friend. <laughs> it would. Yeah. 
All right, I'm going to go in my second piece for around the pitch. I thought this was interesting. It's a great dovetail off the off the you know uh, Rudy Schultz and M.A. Sorensen awards. It's more germane to the to the men's side of things. But um, the first round of the D1A playoffs happened last weekend. Um, you had I don't know not pigtail matches, but you kind of had your 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 four by your four teams that get buys. Um, the, the 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 matches that feed into those buys uh, happened last weekend. So just give everybody an idea in the East uh, life. Uh, defeated Texas A&M 82 to nothing. They will play LU this weekend. This will be the third time that the two teams have played each other. They've split. So, and it's in St. Louis. uh, So it should be an interesting match. Um, You know, each one at home. So uh, it's looking good for my, for my boys. Um, So go LU lion land forever, baby. All right. Uh, Army uh, beat Davenport. 36 to 34 guys. If you haven't got a chance, go back to TRN and watch this match. If you like college rugby, watch this match. It was an awesome match. Like the, the most of this weekend's matches were, were drubbings. Not this one. This one was great. It was a back and forth affair. It came back to the, well, I, I won't give it away. Go watch the match. It was good. Okay. Uh, both teams had, uh, I, I was impressed with uh, army is a great, they'll, they'll go for the corner and then the great line out and mall. Uh, they use their big forwards and mullet, and they got a couple tries that way. So really awesome match. Good run of play by by Davenport. They had a real nice try, I think, their first or second try. Well, it was champagne rugby. So go check it out, folks. It was worth a watch. Um, in the West, Cal over Cal Poly, 82-15. to 15. Uh, They'll play St. Mary's. Uh, BYU over Arizona, 71-33. They'll play Central Washington. I forgot to mention Army will play Navy. It'll be a rematch. They've already played with uh, – Navy actually beating Army earlier this season. So this weekend should be some awesome college rugby for those that follow college rugby in America. I'm looking forward to it, of course, not just because of LU, but uh, because it's they're just I think there are going to be some really good games, quite a few matchups of some earlier contests. So good stuff happening in the college rugby in the United States. With that, uh, I want to throw a quick shout out. Sheila, Dan Falcon, thanks. You guys are awesome. Uh, just had a ball of the time and they were awesome diplomats from the city of New Orleans. My wife and I absolutely loved our stay there and Matt Cartwright and his, and his wife, Jenny. Uh, I'm glad you guys had a good time. It's good seeing you twice, uh, two weekends in a row. But with that, we got to pay some bills, keep the lights on and give our sponsors a chance to have their say. Cause they've certainly earned it with their support of the rugby rant podcast show. So when we return, we'll come back at you with the Rugby Rant, and we're going to be talking about a mid-season assessment of the MLR. Come back and check us out. When we pick up the ball, we also pick up a legacy. A legacy that stretches beyond your current team. A legacy built on the backs of those who came before you with hard work. And for those who will come after you, we promise it won't be easy. But we'll be there, supporting you on and off the field. And welcome back to the Rugby Rant episode 132. And as promised, Doug and I are back and we're here to talk about state of the league, a mid-season assessment of how the league is doing. We're going to kind of grade it out. We're going to pick apart some areas of emphasis to try to, 
you know, drill down into the nitty gritty of the league. Um, and it's kind of interesting as Doug and I talk pre-show for those folks um, that, that really want to kind of get an idea and a preview of what we're going to be hitting on. I mean, you obviously got to talk about the quality of rugby, right, Doug? I mean, that's, that's what we all come here to watch. Right. For sure. Uh, yeah. And, and, and not just, you know, Jermaine to Nola or Chicago or Toronto, but we're just talking about across the league. So we'll drill down into that. Um, one of the things we want to talk a bit about is production. There's a lot of folks really seem to spend time on Reddit and on Facebook and Twitter and, and every social media platform, picking apart production quality and uh, elements of the, you know, the, the talent uh, that's actually doing the color and play by play. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk a bit about um, attendance because again, there's a whole Reddit thread on attendance. And of course, everybody wants to know what the attendance figures are like after each match, um, you know, just to kind of, again, I think, I think people want to know that because they want to get assessment of where the league is at and how it's doing. It kind of gives us a little bit of, you know, a, a pulse, if you will, of how the league is doing. And then we'll talk a bit about sponsorships, partnerships, some other things that are float around in the league, you know, connections that are being made. So, um, and then anything else that Doug wants to bring up because, you know, after all, he's a guest and he has a floor and he has my respect because he knows his game and he knows the sport of rugby and, and he follows as much as, you know, Scott time myself do. And, and just about uh, more than most of our guests, I would say. Yeah. So, you're a great liar there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I go to Toronto, I got some place to stay. So, you know, exactly. Um, no, um, no, but he does. And, and, and we always appreciate in the rugby rant getting uh, the, a pace of, uh, sorry, a pulse of the game. Uh, in in Canada because uh, I, I think Canada and the United States are intertwined uh, in their in their rugby success. You know, uh, I don't think you know moving forward that, and this not getting too far into the weeds, but yeah, I, I just don't think we can advance without the other one advancing too. You know, you know, um, you know raising uh, raising tide rises all ships. I think is is something like that. So the turn of phrase, but hundred percent. You know, so so at any rate. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the nature of what we're going to get into, and I want to I want to get Doug's assessment here as we start off on the rugby uh, the rugby piece, um, you know, because obviously uh, being tied into you know the Toronto Arrows and and the fan group Arrows Up, uh, but also you know uh, watching them play around uh, around the league in the Eastern Conference, he gives a pretty good assessment of his take on on what things are like on the pitch and around the field. So uh, Doug, start us off and tell us your assessment. Don't don't forget, give us a grade. All right. Thanks, Rob. So I'm going to just start off with, I'm going to use the term interconference parity. So I believe within each conference, there is quite a bit of parity. Now, obviously, in the Eastern Conference, you know, the arrows are sitting at the bottom of the table. You know, they only lost by two to the Ironworkers this weekend. So it's like every game you can usually kind of pick a winner, but for the most part, you know, who knows? It, it could be a toss-up every weekend. So within the conferences, you have in the top. So in the Eastern Conference, obviously we've got New England at the top, followed by the Ironworkers, NOLA, and Atlanta. To me, those four teams are kind of on an, kind of like on a level playing ground. Any one of those teams on any week could beat each other. Um and then if you go over to the Western Conference, same sort of thing. The top four teams in the Western Conference, San Diego, Seattle, 
uh, Houston, Utah. A big, big win by San Diego this weekend over Seattle. Um, you know, so interconference parity is, is a real thing. We don't even – you can obviously – we can guess who was going to come out of each each conference for the playoffs, but really anything could happen over the next – or the second half of the season here. I'm going to say, though, as far as, like, parity in the league, I, I'm seeing the Western Conference is, is the uh, – it's the class of the league right now. Those teams, when, when the Eastern Conference teams are traveling over there, they're having a much tougher time. And uh, to me, those teams see, seem to be a little bit more uh, above everybody else as far as depth is concerned, too, on their rosters. So what do you think about that? Um, I'd have to agree on that point. I mean, if you look at the last the last three seasons, um, arguably the Western Conference has been stronger. I mean, last season was a bit of an anomaly, of course, because of Gilligate. Um, otherwise, you would have had the L.A. and you would have had Austin coming out. Um, and Seattle, I think, was it Seattle or Houston, would have been the third best team in the West, you know. Uh, and then, obviously, prior to that, uh, L.A. won won the, uh, you know, the Shield. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, truth be told, I think the West has been strong over the last three seasons, and we're seeing it still continue to play out, you know, spe- you know especially the strength of, you know, the Seattle-San Diego matchup last weekend you know, really demonstrate just, just how talented those two squads are and, and how tough they are. But I'd have to agree when, you know, uh, independently, I, I said the same thing, parody. Um, you know, I, I broke it down by conference as well, but if you look at, you know, to, to kind of double up on Doug's point here, eight points separates in the West separates number one and number four. And if you think about that, that's, I mean, it, one team, you know, loses a game, doesn't score four tries doesn't keep it within seven, and all of a sudden, you know, you have you have a team knocking on the door first place. Any one of those four teams could be there. Um, you know, talk specifically. You know, the Jackals get their first win. You know, I know they've been hard to come by, but but they've been knocking on the door a little bit this season. You know, it was always. I think this season it was not a question of if; it was a question of when. Right, totally. um, and they finally got it. Um, you know, the the Hounds got their first uh, win against the Jackals, um, but. You know, they've they really, you know, there's been, um, let's see, 15-point differential, 4-point differential, 1-point differential, 12-point differential, 17-point differential, 12-point differential. So they haven't been out of many of those games. As a matter of fact, in quite a few of those games, within the first 60 minutes, they're right there neck and neck. They were playing tough with Houston. Um, they were, you know, uh, uh, they, were, they were playing tough, um, you know, with Toronto. They went back and forth, obviously. Um, so they've been playing tough. It's just, you know, I think, the struggle they have is an indication of the, the lack of, of, of depth, you know, that they have. Um, and that's because yeah. they're a new team. Um, East. I mean, really, is it, if, if it wasn't for Sam Malcolm, that game scoring all 20, what was it? 27 or 28 points. Uh, right. That, they, that, that, that game could have won either way for sure. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, in the East, you got 10 points that separate the top five. You know, uh, Nola took an undefeated Seattle team right to the wire and arguably, uh, you know, should have won it on the last play, you know, with, you know, just prior to the Hooter going off. Um, They lost by one. It was 35-36. Toronto, as you said, lost to to Rooney by two. You know, so, um, you know, I I mean, to me, we always define success on the field, you know, in general, like lead-wide success. By parity. I mean, they always talk about it in the NFL, for example, when when there's a lot of parity, 
you know, it's it's good for the league. And I think, uh, as you said, I, I'd have to agree in this case. Yeah, as soon as as soon as it's like somebody's rolling over everybody, people don't want to attend. Like, what right. what is the point? I mean, Giltini's a bit last year. How 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 long did it take for them to get their first loss? Probably what were they? What they start out the year last year? Uh, no, it's two years ago is when they were really rolling. Last year they weren't quite as strong. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, but, um, but yeah, you know, no, your point is still valid. Yeah, like and it, it seemed like they kind of you know they bought their team, and it turns out they probably did some things. <laughs> probably did. <laughs> that's why they're not oh, no yeah. longer here. But I mean, you know, so. We don't we don't have that like really let's look at the at the Western Conference this weekend. Those are the, the, the only two games I got wrong in my super brew were those those top four teams in, in the Western Conference. Like so that was kind of a crapshoot. You just go, who's gonna win? The Seattle, Sandy Seattle was home, but they still lost, and then right. you know, Houston lost. So uh it was funny to say that because I, I also had written down like round seven and round eight in Super Brew. Like I kind of had a strategy. I won't tell everybody what it is, but it hasn't been successful the last two weeks because, because quite frankly, like round seven and round eight, we had two upsets, if you will. I mean, the underdog won, you know, yeah. and, and in uh, round seven, it was the Warriors over the Free Jacks, 26-24. Uh, Dallas, I mean, who would have picked them to beat Toronto? They won 14-11. I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, uh, the Toronto's had their you know, you've talked about it. Is they've had it, was the for, yeah. <laughs> it was the perfect storm. It was the perfect storm for Dallas. But, you but, know, I mean, Toronto, I, I would have thought would have would have would have beat them, you know, uh, and put, you know, by five or seven. Uh, and then round eight, the Warriors once again um, over Houston, 30 to 24. And then the Legion beat Seattle, 23 to 20. So, you know, uh, to me, you know, the fact that you have those upsets, not all the, the, the games are super predictable. You know, another another uh, an example of of that parody at work in my mind. Yeah, it's great. It just keeps everybody's interest going and, and it's no, no one's running away with it. And hopefully we can uh, continue to see some good close games as we uh, get closer to playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to, you know, um, you mentioned it in your around the pitch segment. Uh, you know, Toronto had their first home match and we know that every year that's just going to be the struggle that they're going to have to endure is having a, you know, their first home match late and then a slew of home matches, which you know, Chicago's experienced that. And I've, I've, <laughs> I, I, I've talked to James English, you know, uh, when we're in that third or fourth week and he's just like, ah, he goes, I need, a, I need a break. You know, um, it can, it can be really challenging, but you guys uh, were due for some home cooking. So, you know, let's talk attendance because you got your chance to attend an arrows game this weekend. What are your, uh, there's another measure for us, uh, you know, barometer, if you will, for the league. What are your thoughts on attendance? What kind of grade uh, would you give uh, the league in so far as attendance? Well, we started out with a bang, right? D down in uh, San Diego, breaking the, breaking the attendance record. And Seattle's been awesome. Every single game you watch there, it's just the stadium looks packed. And, and uh, did I say Seattle? Yeah, Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was it was awesome to watch. So I would say the grade is up. I'd I'd still give it a B, um, not quite an A yet. Obviously, we want to see a lot more people. I was a little worried, to be honest with you. I was a little worried this weekend, um, not to be a pessimist or whatever, but you know, with the arrows having the the season that they started out with, I was a little worried about would people turn out, um, and they did. So uh, 
hopefully, you know, we can get a few more wins and build on, uh, get some, some more tenants out. And they've talked about that there a few of the games uh, later on this year are already close to sold out. So close to 4,000 people, which would be great in Toronto. Yeah. So I'd say a B. Okay. A B. All right. It, like it can improve. It definitely is still room for improvement. Um, I don't know how we're going to improve on that. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't want to get into it, but I, what, what what would you think? What do you what do you grade? Oh, I want a C plus, and and I'm I'm a pretty tough critic um, because for me an A, you know, you, you're hitting, you know, you got to be hitting some pretty solid marks in just about every stadium each week, right, to get that A because that A is excellent. That's you know, you and I are both teachers, right? I yeah. mean, you know, A is excellent. And, and I, I so th- that's my barometer and, and I, I'm saying C plus again, uh, you know, it's average, it's above, it's maybe, you know, starting to shoot a little above average. You had the 11, 11,000, like you said, at San Diego, uh, the hounds had four, uh, 4,443 in their opener. Um, you know, here's a deal. What followed up? I think that's why I, w- I was, I was troubled by going to OB because, you know, if now San Diego came back and then their second and third matches, they had, you know, even 5,000 or 6,000, right? And the Hounds could follow up with a 2,000, you know, or 2,500. Um, you know, that, then I could I could squeak that out. I just, I guess I struggle. And it's, the other, I think the other reason I'm going to grade the league to C is because, you know, and, and I'm talking from the Hounds case because that's, that's what I know. I mean, I've been field side. You know, why five weeks? You guys have to do it because of weather. Why five weeks in a row? They know Chicago weather in March is is going to be hit or miss. And we had, I mean, three games were, I'm talking to Sammy the Boot, you know, he's a man of the match after that game. And he's like, he's like, please get me to this interview and let me get in that damn warm locker room before I freeze my nuggets off. I mean, it was awful. And, and, you know, I don't know what the scheduler was thinking there for sure. You know, and yet we have one game in April at home, one game in May, and one game in June. <laughs> yeah, that's that doesn't seem right because really, if you look at geographically, Chicago's not that much further south than Toronto is. No. So no. it's – I was really surprised that you guys played so early in the season at home. And then, like you say, you've had these back-to-back-to-back games. It's 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 tough. But, like, I think you're seeing how – what my argument has always been with the Arrows. You know, it's it's tough as a fan. It's like, yeah, great, they're home. But, like, now we're going to – seven weekends in a row, I've got to try to get to the games and ditch my family. And, you know, I wish my family was a little bit more involved, but they're not. So it's like trying to sustain that all those weeks in a row. Um, it, it can be tough and it can be, be tiring on a, on a, on a fan base, especially if they're losing, you know, it's one thing if they're winning every game by 40 points or whatever, and everybody's yeah, rah, rah, rah. But if right. you're losing, it, yeah. it can become tougher. Yeah. If you carry that momentum. And so, you know, on the back of that, we, we understand that Toronto and Chicago and, and New England, they're going to have some challenging in New York are going to have some challenging weather conditions that, that might make it difficult for quality attendance numbers. And that's why I looked at like, uh, Atlanta, they had like 1567 last weekend. Like they should be doing better than that. And yeah. some fans that were down there were saying, yeah, that was the number of tickets sold, but that wasn't the number of people that were actually there. That, that was less than that. Um, well, this is one thing I've always said, like the Toronto Wolfpack, um, 
playing in Toronto all the time, we had like five, six, seven thousand fans. But I want to know, and it turns out, what were the paying attendance? And I bet you it was two or three thousand was the paying attendance, and the rest were all giveaways. You know, which is great. You're creating an atmosphere and you're creating a buzz, um, but you only have so many people uh, paying, and you're only bringing in so much revenue. So right. maybe that's part of the reason why they they tanked, right? Who knows? Right. But exactly. you know, I'm glad the arrows are doing it the way they are. But I'm like, okay, we're like, have we? We're we're at these, and this is what I was saying. We're at this point where the numbers. Where are we going to get? And it's got to be new fans. Who's going to bring those new fans in? How do we bring those new fans in? And you know, it's 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 tough. Yeah, for sure. And like even Houston, Houston had 1,200 last weekend. Like really? Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, they, I mean, again, the weather down there right now, March, April, they should be packing it in. Um, you know, New Orleans should be packing it in. Like I Houston in has a great team this year. I could see if it was like two or three years ago, you know, but right. they've got a great, they're, they could challenge for this thing. Right. And it's, and it's a quaint venue. It's like a Tukwila, you know, it's, it's like Starfire, you know, it's 4,000. So, you know, they're going to, you create a great atmosphere and, and I'm just, and I guess that's why I went with a C plus. I just to some of those, some of those key places. I'm saying we should be seeing better numbers. Um, See, you're an old school teacher, and and you know now nowadays an A is like a D from ten right, years right, ago. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Hey, we're just glad you turned in homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, All right, let's move to a couple other areas. And again, talking about health and vitality, one of the areas I want to mention is. Um, is is uh, sponsorships and partnerships. I mean, you know, again, you know, butts and seats drives revenue, um, gives us an indication of people paying attention. But I, I think the other side of things is the business component. And that is, you know, are you developing new, um, you know, sponsorships and partnerships uh, that can, you know, bring the corporates, you know, corporate monies in to individual teams and into the league. So, you know, um, what are your what are your thoughts on this one? How would you grade out the league here? Yeah, I mean, to me, I don't know if it's if there's different sponsors. I don't know if there's any more or any like higher from and I and like I'm not much of a marketing or much like I don't tend to pay too much attention to that kind of stuff. Obviously, you need to have good sponsors to to bring in that that's that hidden revenue, right? But to me, they're they're doing a good job of filling filling it in and and kind of they haven't it doesn't look like they've lost any. It looks like they've probably gained some, but I I, I don't know is I don't know if there's much of like a, is there a home run hitter as far as sponsorship is concerned? I'd say yeah. no, but yeah, and I'd agree with you uh, on that note. Um, it, the one the one you don't have to. yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> But the one thing I would say is that, and here's what fans don't know, but we need to realize is that paid sponsorship versus sponsorship in kind. Yeah. Right. You know, so like American Airlines, uh, they've been a consistent sponsor. Uh, but, you know, we we do know that American Airlines provides travel vouchers for teams so that they can reduce, you know, and, and help with that cost of travel. Right. So how much of their sponsorship is is that sponsorship in kind versus, you know, actual monies. Do you think Rhino is that mostly in kind, like with equipment and, and whatnot, or? 
Yeah, yeah, and you gotta you gotta think so. Like if you go to the sideline, as I'm you know walking the sideline, I'm seeing arrow, uh, uh, rhino bags, rhino balls, legs. You know, the whole, yep. Uh, so you know, but but there again, that's that's the big question mark. That's what we don't know, um, and I, and I'm not even going to begin to guess as to which is which. But we so we can only go with what's there. Um, I think they've held some good partnerships. I I I I would give this one an A. And I'd give it an A because uh, a couple of things. I like the fact that Arctic, Arctic has been brought in. Um, I think that's a really, really good partnership. I myself bought a mug uh, and it was a lot cheaper than uh, Yeti. And the thing works. For, I use it every single damn day. Um, I think that's a great partnership. Um, you know, they have some good products. Um, Oval 3 just came in with the NFTs. I think that's an interesting thing. I'm not sure how much it's going to, make a difference, but it certainly is designed towards the younger crowd. Thorn Sports Nutrition. I mean, again, that's probably a lot of spark, uh, sponsorship in kind because, you know, they're giving the products to players. But, you know, having said that, I think it's a it's a nice partnership. Um, Sports Info Solutions, uh, which does the betting data. Here's where I like, this one I like because if you notice on the production side, we'll talk about that in a minute. Every time the the color uh, the the analysts talk about the betting lines, right? And yeah. and I know here I don't know about in Canada. I know they had some last year, but here um, there's we're starting to see the sport the the MLR be on the sports betting lines, so you can actually yeah. now start to bet on it, which is great. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I one thing I wanted to say about the Arctic, I, it it bugged the heck out of me, and I know that we only have there is only the one Canadian team. Yeah. But when I went to their website, there's no Canadian. They don't ship or anything to Canada. Well, they don't ship to Canada. No. So, ah, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. I mean, a, the big chunk of the league is in the States, but I'm like, if this is a league sponsor, like. Right. They've got to, they've got to figure out a way to make it happen. And the, there is only the one team. So I, I can't really complain. But if, what if, uh, you know, Vancouver does come in and, and whatnot, it's, it's a North American league. I would like to see them at least the sponsors try to try to do something for the Canadian fans as well. So, so how about this? You get it set up uh, either yourself or take a big order, have it sent to Rob Hammerschmidt's house. And uh, when you come down with your family for the final, you can pick up all your, your Toronto arrows um, Arctic gear. That sounds like a deal. you you can get a job. You can be a distributor there for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I also, by the way, team-wise, I like the Arrows partnership with Turf. Because yeah. it shows a commitment to youth development. It does. And and which is unique. That's, I mean, grassroots, I think, is a big part of the MLR and, and how it's going to really grow. But it's not a paying sponsor. So it's like, part of me goes, should we be concerned? Because there's... Right. There's that that not that revenue there. Now I know Bill Bill Webb is into investing and all that kind of stuff, and you know I'm sure we're fine. But you know it, that's that's probably one of usually the biggest sponsor. Look at and if if anybody if anything's going to bring in revenue to a team, I would say that that main sponsor on the jersey is it, and and we have a a charity. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's but it's great. I mean, as far as like you said, supporting youth programs and supporting uh, grassroots rugby. I love it. It's uh, it, it can do other things for the Toronto arrows rather than bring in money. 
Yeah, right. Grow and develop the fan base. And USAR and the youth, USA Youth and High School are relaunching Rookie Rugby. So they're bringing that partnership back, which is good. Uh, Utah partnered with Stad uh, Toulouse, um, which is good to see. And 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 we're hopefully we'll see if everything tracks out. You mentioned it earlier. Miami should be coming in. So I think those were some of the reasons why I said, hey, I, I think there's a lot of good things happening in that side of things. Um, so last one we want to talk about here, because, it's, again, it's one of those areas that fans on Reddit and all the social media platforms talk a lot about. I know you have a few things to add. Production is a big topic because the better the production, the better the the quality of the product can be seen on TV and translated to viewers watching from home. So where are you at on your grade of the production? Production, I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give them a B. Um, I've seen improvement, definite improvement um, from watching TRN and watching the games on there and not have hearing the. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a repeat on the commercials, but I remember last year it was like they almost played one commercial on repeat. Yeah. It was like you started to get annoyed with it. Um, so as far as that is concerned, that's great. Oh, one thing I wanted to point out, too, with TRN, it's no longer geo-blocked. So oh. in Canada, anyways, when the Arrows are playing, I can watch it on TRN, even on their away games, which is which is awesome. So I don't know what changed there, but – that's awesome. That bumps it up to an A automatically in my mind. You know, you're opening up the the, the viewership. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, just seems a little bit more professional. The the, uh, the broadcasts come in, with, you know, with guys like you doing the awesome job in the on the sideline reporting. By the way, um, the intros, you know, the halftime, the interviews that they have going on in the halftime. Obviously, they kind of show the same one for all the games. But, um, I mean, not a lot of people are going to be like us and watching almost every game every weekend, but um, definitely I've seen a, a bump and increase in the production level. Uh, is it where it needs to be? Maybe not, but it's, that's kind of goes with the growth of the league, right? right? Like right. It, it's all the sponsors, all that stuff has to come in and, and, uh, you know, really let, we need, we need a TV deal and then you're going to see some improvements, right. but you know, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, so I went B plus and maybe this is where my, uh, where my, perspective kind of uh, clouds my judgment, so to speak. But, you know, I, now that I've been on the, I've been on the other side, I'm part of the broadcast, um, you know, at least for the Hounds home matches, I'm getting to see the other side. And um, here's what I, here's some of the things I really liked. Um, Again, to your point, is it where we want it to be? No, but we're six years in and every year I think it's, we've gotten the improvements that we're looking for. Um, you know, but one of the things I liked all female crew, the first, uh, the first time ever for a rugby match with Wendy Young, Brianna Kim and Tammy McQueen all on the production. I thought that was an awesome step uh, in the right direction. And, um, by the way, big shout out to Wendy. I've worked with her on a, you know, on a broadcast and, um, she's, she's awesome. Just knows her stuff. Uh, just has a unique ability to translate it to the to the fans at home. I I love what she does. Yeah. yeah, and Brianna too. I haven't worked with Brianna yet, but she does a great job. So um, I thought that was awesome. Um, on the interesting side here, and this is again a nod where I think it bumps it up. So little little tidbit here, and for some context, here in Chicago, AM one thousand, Tommy Waddle, former Chicago Bear, um, Sylvie. Um, 
they they have a sh- afternoon show. So I'm driving home, afternoon show, and they're talking about um, the the NFL owners league, you know, the ownership meeting that just happened. I think it was two weeks ago. One of the conversations was about officiating and some of the some of the changes and rule changes and and part of the conversation was you know the review process, right? And I called in and I got on on air, and one of the things I said is. I think the concern is that a lot of people are upset about the officiating because, you know, they, they, all they see is the replay and then they see the result of the officiating crew's determination of what happened. So they see the replay with their eyes and they say, well, I'm not seeing what the, what the ruling was. Right. And then they get pissed. And, yeah, and I don't really know what the specific things that they're looking at, the officials are looking at. Exactly. And so my point when I called in was, you know, uh, Major League Rugby has mic'd up TMO and official, and you can hear the conversation going back and forth, just like at the international level, of course. But we may disagree with the interpretation, but what we can't disagree with is what happened. Like, we get to hear the thought process of TMO, what they see, what they're seeing on their four screens, and then what the officials seeing on field. And they may not have the best camera angle, um, perhaps, but we can all sit there and go, we understand what laws in question, we all understand what they're seeing, and we all understand why they're making that judgment based upon those two things. And that's why I gave it a B plus, because that is a huge addition. And one thing I think that the MLR is doing better than the NFL. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I, it's just knowing, you know, what their thought process is going through. And like I say, you're not always going to agree with it, but at least you know why they're making that call. And it doesn't yeah. feel like things are, are hidden. The other thing I've really noticed on a couple of the broadcasts, not every single one, but things like when a card happens, the, just even having the card listed on the screen. So, you know, Oh, they're down a man or simple things is like, broadcasting uh, when a sub comes in a replacement yeah having the replacements in and in and off there's been games in the past in the past like three or four years where it's like you didn't even know somebody came in you had no idea or somebody was taken off the field or anything like it was what is going on um so i as far as the production quality is that that way i and like i said some of the matches not all of them i don't know why there's a difference but I've definitely noticed uh, an improvement in those areas. Yeah, what's it's interesting you talk about that because there are actually two production groups that do MLR produced games. So okay. in other words, like the Hounds, for example, said, "Hey, we're not, we're not." Nola does. They use a local production crew with a local broadcast, right? Because that's why right. McNulty, yep. uh, that's why those guys are are broadcasting. They're Nola guys, right? They're there yep. in the stadium calling the game. Uh, the the Hounds on the, on the other hand said, you know, they're just trying to. I mean, James has his hands full, right? So he's going, no, we're going to farm that out to the MLR. And um, and and so all their production, uh, their commentators are actually in the studios in either Indianapolis or in Austin. So they're right. not on site. That's why, that's why they that's why James hired me, right? You're yep. the eyes and ears for those guys. And what people need to understand is that the two production groups that do games, um, sometimes they're limited by the equipment of their production crew on site. And in one case, they were limited by some of the frequencies because of the Chicago market. So like in one case, for example, 
I had to be, I was wired into a, a, a my mic was wired into um, the side and I could go, you know, to about the edges of either sides um, uh, uh, bench. Okay. That was about the limit that I could go to. And somebody was following me, picking up my cord and then letting out my cord as I'm moving. Right. Fine. Another time I had a wireless setup so I could walk wherever I wanted. I could go from about 22 to 22 before my signal started to cut out a little bit. Right. Right. So that allowed me a lot of freedom. And I had a button where I could directly communicate to, to production. Right. So I could say, Hey, I got, I, I, to your point, Hey, I've got something on, uh, we've got, we've got subs coming in. I've got, you know, uh, Lerone White's coming in, got, you know, et cetera. Uh, whereas another time I had to be actually, uh, plugged into the roving camera, which wow. I couldn't be plugged into all the time. Cause then I have to follow this camera and he was going way to one touch side, one, one end, uh, end line and, and the other end line. And so I had to say to him, Hey, I want to plug in. I got something to say, which took time, but that was limited because Chicago has a lot of frequencies that are used up. And if they're using up all the frequencies, I can't go wireless. Yeah. And I guess that's the complaint about some people is the consistency, right? Like that. So the, the MLR really needs to, okay, let's narrow down some of these things and having somebody like you on the sidelines and, and, and somebody who's been watching for all these years, because let's be honest, some of these silent reporters, they're just, you know, a pretty face. You're a pretty face, but you're also, <laughs> you're, you're a fan and you've been highly involved. So like, let's narrow some of these things down and, and start getting a consistency that happens every single place and demand that consistency. Um, and then that's where we're going to start to see improvements. Yeah. And I think that'll come with the broad, with a, with a, a an actual, like a broadcaster that is paying the league rather than vice versa. Right, vice versa. So yeah, that's you're you're right. That does have to be driven by the broadcaster, and it can't be driven by the league, who's kind of paying for everything and trying to juggle everything, right. for sure. So okay, we've we've. I mean, for those fans that are watching this and have stuck with us, we have drilled down into a lot of nooks and crannies. If there's something else that you wanted to hear about that we haven't covered, make a comment, hit us up, let us know. We'll start a thread and talk about it. And I'm sure Doug will, will chime in in the process. But before we, you know, depart for episode 132 of the Rugby Rant Podcast show, Doug, overall, assessment of the league midway through the season, one grade, what are you giving us? Uh, if the arrows were doing better, it would be a better grade. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. My, my judgment is so jaded by that. But I, w- I would say I'm going to go consistently uh, with a B. Definitely areas for improvement, but they have shown improvement over the last few years. And, and that's always what you want to see. Are things perfect yet? No. Are they getting better? Yes. And that as a teacher, we always want to see that. You want to see people trying to Im- improve on stuff. Um, so, you know, I only think it's going to get better. And as like, these teams start coming in like Miami and you got these bigger markets coming in too. I, I just see hope for a future that, uh, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day. The ML MLS wasn't built all in once. Um, you know, we're kind of following on their coattails and uh, they, they, they didn't get to where they are right now by mistake. Right. They had to go through the growing pains too. And I'm, I'm hopeful that we can go through those growing pains and, and continue to flourish as a league for sure. 
So B. And I'm interested. Uh, this is interesting. So here's two teachers, and you like to do that. Uh, what do they call it? Um, uh, Interrail reliability. Isn't it? Isn't that the buzzword in education now? Interrail reliability. Basically, you know, how do you you get two two teachers assessing this, assessing something similar, and do they come up with the same grade? And and you want yeah. you, you want to see that, right? So. Uh, See how much bias is in there, like my bias with the arrows. Right, 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 right. Exactly. And what's interesting is I'd go with a B as well. So there's a there must be we must be cooking with gas here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I but I think there's some context again going back to that educational comparison. You know, I think some people it, like in the production component and in the attendance component and in you know other aspects. You know, they 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 want to compare the MLR to the NFL and to you know, major league baseball or to, you know, the NHL. And what they forget is like the next newest league has 20 years on the, on, on, on us. Right. And the MLS is over 25 years old. We're six years old. So it's like comparing a sixth grader in terms of, you know, what they can do in their growth to, you know, a a, a sophomore in high school, you know, Um, which, which isn't fair. So, no, it's not. And, and I mean, like, it's funny when you say MLS 20, like it doesn't feel that old to me. It, right. it still feels relatively new. So, you know, and they've had that many years behind them. So there's, there's a lot of people I, and you said like a Reddit and all this stuff, you know, trash in the league. Oh, we're five years in. Well, five years really in the grand scheme of things to get this sort of a thing up and running and to be successful and to keep it going, like just ask pro rugby, just ask those other ones that died after the first season, you know, it's, it's, it takes time. So uh, like I said, as long as we're seeing these improvements, um, we'll, we'll continue to try to hold their feet to the fire, of course, but you got, you gotta, you gotta be, you know, optimistic and you gotta, you know, applaud them and, and keep things going in the right directions. Right. And that's the key for me. Like you said, growth, just like any good teacher, we want to see growth. If we see growth, uh, we can see positives and, and eventually we'll, we'll get to where we want it to go, but it's going to take some time and it's going to take, you know, uh, take a little bit of patience and, and nothing wrong with, with bringing up issues, nothing wrong with pointing out where we want to see things improve. Uh, but we've also got to recognize growth. Um, so I, I think we picked it apart. We both agree on the grade of B for the midseason assessment. Um, and before we check out of here, uh, Doug, um, what's going on on your end? Are you coaching um, the high school high school kids at it? Give us a yeah. Uh, high school high school season's ramping up. We're still in the gym, chopping at the bit to get outside. Um, season's going to be starting in the uh, last week of April, and then uh, also the club rugby, Barry Rugby Club. I coach well, over here. My, I coach go. my son's uh, under ten team, so we're going to be starting in May. So looking forward to get seeing all those kids uh, out on the field. Awesome. So if you're checking us out up there in Toronto, check out Barry Rugby Club and get your kids involved because uh, we want to see our. If, if we're going to do anything to help the sport grow in any of these areas we talked about, we have got to get youth involved in rugby. As we like to say in the rugby rant, we're trying to grow rugby one fan at a time. So we need to continue to invest of ourselves in any way we can. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, we've done our bit for the day. And uh, Doug, I sincerely appreciate you joining me. I think we've, uh, we've I've had a lot of fun talking about it with you. It's been a, a, a real good convo. 
And uh, I can't wait for, um, for, you know, more of it to come this season, the second half. And uh, uh, again, we're going to try to make that 17th of, of June happen uh, when the Noel Gold square off against the Toronto Arrows in York Lions Stadium. Come on up, baby. I'll show you a good time. As good as, you know, 40, 50-year-old guys can, can get into on a weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, I might be able to I might be able to make it out past 10. I'm not I'm not sure these days. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can. So um, <laughs> I may make a special occasion yeah. for you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, take a nap. Take a nap beforehand and then you'll yeah. be ready to rock. Exactly. All right. And with that, um, again, Doug, thanks a lot, my brother. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And again, we're always interested in hearing from fans. And if you'd like to join the show, hit us up and let us know. Uh, and, and we always like to get fans involved. That's why we started the show. That's why we do what we do to grow this game one fan at a time. And uh, hopefully next week I'll have, you know, uh, another fan, maybe Doug, maybe somebody else, and my co-host back in the studio with me. But until next week, Enjoy rugby, check out collegiate rugby, check out the MLR. We are going to have one heck of a weekend coming up in week nine. And with that, the Rugby Rant, rugby rant Podcast Show will see you at the next. 